G. Herbo has surrendered to authorities in L.A. over a credit card scam to score puppies, private jet flights, and other goods. So a rep for G. Herbo says he, G. Herbo, maintains his innocence and looks forward to establishing his innocence in court. They continue, Herbo has legal representation in Massachusetts via Prince Lobel, whose team has reached out to the U.S. Attorney's Office in Massachusetts to make arrangements for Herbo's appearance. G. Herbo will appear in Massachusetts whenever he is required either in person or via Zoom. G. Herbo and his associates perpetrated a massive fraud to go on fancy vacations, fly on private jets, and even buy designer puppies, so claim the feds. According to a new federal complaint, G. Herbo, along with his music promoter and other members of his crew, allegedly conspired to defraud numerous businesses with stolen credit cards over the course of a four-year period. The feds claim Herbo specifically conspired to get a private villa in Jamaica back in July 2017 by contacting music promoter Antonio Strong to arrange it and provide a stolen credit card to pay for incidentals. Which, by the way, it's crazy how something like this, allegedly, right, could go on for like four years, right? Without anything happening, like without him actually, you know, potentially getting caught and all that kind of stuff. Like, that seems like a pretty long time for this to kind of like go on on the down low. What's more, the feds allege the rapper was in cahoots with Strong to use an alias and a a stolen credit card to purchase two designer puppies from a luxury pet store. The feds alleged the other defendants also scored private jet charters to fly women, private yacht charters, exotic car rentals, and luxury hotel and vacation rental accommodations. Herbo's been charged with one count of conspiracy to commit wire fraud and two counts of aiding and abetting aggravated identity theft. Antonio was also slapped with several counts including wire fraud and was arrested back in September, but it's unclear if Herbo has plans to... Surrender. Although technically he did actually surrender. His attorney provided a no comment when reached by the Chicago Tribune, which first reported the story. The news comes on the heels of Forbes naming Herbo to its 30 under 30 list in the music category. The publication praised the rapper for his recent music success and launching a youth mental health initiative. By the way, this was you know, taken from TMZ, but other news sites basically reported the exact same thing. He did end up actually surrendering for this whole situation. But the thing is, I, I've seen this a few times with like rappers specifically. It's like, if you're making so much money, right, which a lot of rappers are, right, because I mean, Based off just their Spotify streams, you know, who knows about their iTunes plays or the sales, right? Their YouTube streams. Like, they should be making, like, depending on their popularity, they should be making at least six figures a year, right? Like, at least six figures a year. And if they're super popular, if he's basically listed, like, 30 under 30 for, like, you know, the whole music category... 
that probably means that he's probably getting some really good numbers. So my thing, or at least my thoughts are, and feel free to give your thoughts about this situation. One, are you actually poor and like you don't have any money? Or are you just not wanting to spend your own money, right? Because I don't really understand why someone who should be super financially set do something like this, right? Not only that, this is kind of like more some like street level kind of stuff, right? Like stealing somebody's identity, stealing, you know, credit cards. Like that's what somebody does if they're, you know, doing stuff on the street. But if you're a rapper making potentially millions of dollars, there's literally no reason for you to do this, right? I mean, think about it. Would you even really get a thrill out of it if you're making millions of dollars and you could literally just pay for everything, right? It just doesn't make sense. Like, instead of just, like, buying all this stuff on a fake credit card, you could literally just walk in there cash in hand, quite literally cash in hand, just stacks in your hand, and just basically slap the people in the face with this, like, hey, I'm going to give you my money. Just give me your stuff kind of thing, right? Like, it doesn't make any sense, like, at all for anyone to do something like this, especially with the amount of money that they're pretty much making. But feel free to subscribe, hit the like button for more money news-related content, and we'll see you in future episodes. Six San Francisco Bay Area governments issued a stay-at-home order Friday ahead of California's statewide mandate, restricting activities in a drastic effort to reduce the spread of COVID-19 as hospitals cope with a surge of patients. The order applies to the Northern California counties of Alameda, Contra Costa, Marin, and Santa Clara, the combined city and county of San Francisco, and the city of Berkeley. The order covers more than 5.8 million people. California Governor uh, Governor Gavin Newsom on Thursday announced a stay-at-home order that will go into effect for any of the five regions 48 hours after hospital intensive care unit capacity drops below 15% in a region. The Bay Area was projected to be the last region in the state to be subject to the governor's stay-at-home order, predicted to surpass the threshold by mid to late December. Friday's decision means the region will instead be the first. The Bay Area orders will go into effect beginning Sunday and will remain in effect until January 4, 2021. Contra Costa Health Director Chris Farnatino said, I don't think we can wait for the state's new restrictions to go into effect later this month. Farnatino said, We must act swiftly to save as many lives as we can. This is an emergency. California set a new bleak record for new coronavirus cases and COVID-19 hospitalizations Friday, reporting more than 22,000 confirmed new infections, almost 10,000 people are hospitalized, and more than 2,200 of them are in ICUs. Under the Bay Area order, which mirrors the state's stay-at-home order, retail businesses can remain open but must operate at 20% capacity. 
and will be required to write and enforce plans to ensure patrons wear face coverings and maximum capacity rules are followed. Restaurants must close outdoor operations and convert to takeout and delivery only. Some business will be required to close, including bars, wineries, movie theaters, and personal services like hair salons and nail cutting services, officials said. We cannot wait until after we have driven off the cliff to pull the emergency brake, said Santa Clara County Health Officer Dr. Sarah Cody. We understand that the closures under the state order will have a profound impact on our local businesses. However, if we act quickly, we can both save lives and reduce the amount of time these restrictions have to stay in place, allowing businesses and activities to reopen sooner. And stay tuned for more episodes. Hit the like button, subscribe for more money news-related content. And we'll see you later. President-elect will technically, not legally, yet. But Joe Biden on Friday said that another round of coronavirus stimulus checks for U.S. families may be still in play. I think it would be better if they had the $1,200 payment to families, Biden said when asked at a press conference to respond to criticism about a new COVID relief plan revealed this week as a starting point for the latest round of negotiations on Capitol Hill. Biden added, and I understand that may be still in play, but I'm not going to comment on the specific details. The whole purpose of this is we've got to make sure people aren't thrown out of their apartments, lose their homes, are able to have unemployment insurance, that they can continue to feed their families on as we grow back the economy. House House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer have backed a bipartisan $908 billion relief plan as a basis for talks with Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell. On Friday, Pelosi told reporters there is momentum toward lawmakers striking a deal. Biden has endorsed the plan as a good start, but he has promised to push for more aid when his administration takes charge. At the press conference, Biden would not say if he has spoken to McConnell. The proposal does not include a second $1,200 direct payment to most Americans. Pelosi and Schumer have called for another stimulus check for months as part of trillions in aid they hope to approve. When the Democratic leaders yielded ground and asked to start talks around the $908 billion measure, they noted that we and others will offer improvements. Some congressional progressives have questioned how much relief a bill would help if it fails to include direct payments or a robust unemployment insurer's supplement. Senator Bernie Sanders said he would not support a bill unless it included a stimulus check or scrapped Republican demands for a liability shield, according to NBC News. Republican Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, or AOC, told NBC News she would be open to supporting the package. Still, she criticized a lack of direct payments. 
The bipartisan plan includes funding for a second round of paycheck protection program, small business loans, relief for state and local governments that may have to cut essential services and money for schools. It also includes money for transportation and vaccine distribution. Skeptics, including Sanders and Ocasio-Cortez, worry it will not put enough money directly into Americans' pockets. While authorizes a $300 per week enhanced federal unemployment benefit, the sum is half of the $600 weekly payment that Congress passed in March. The provision expired in July, and Biden has previously endorsed a significantly larger relief bill that passed the House earlier this year. He noted at the press conference Friday that the $908 billion proposal is just a down payment. Still, Biden signaled a willingness to compromise and said he's confident that the stalemate in Congress will give way to a deal in time to keep us from going off the edge here. If you insist on everything, you're likely to get nothing on both sides, Biden said. Check out 40 to master money, personal finance lessons and courses, want to make money online, learn the four steps to make money online in the description of this episode. Feel free to get a free stock worth up to $500 by joining Robinhood and linking a bank account. Automate your investing with Acorns where they just round up your everyday purchases and invest it on your behalf. And you can get a small amount of free Bitcoin by joining Coinbase and investing $100 into cryptocurrency. And feel free to give your thoughts about this whole kind of like situation. Because the thing is, no matter what, having a 1200 direct payment isn't really going to do much for people, right? Because think about it. It's been months since the previous $1,200 direct payment. So the majority of people's rent, mortgage, insurance, bills, food, all added up together costs far more typically than $1,200 per month, right? So just keep that in mind. $1,200 doesn't really do anything. That's the problem, right? Like $1,200 once every few months apart isn't really going to do something, right? And the problem with this whole like stimulus relief bill, you got to go full force one way or the other, right? For instance, if you lock down, you have to lock down completely, but then also provide a way for people to actually want to get their food, pay them, all that kind of stuff, right? Or if you want to continue the economy, you have to open up everything, but, you know, obviously give people, like, hey, just wear a mask, just be careful, yada, yada, and keep everything open 100%, right? This is the thing, like, you can't really, you know, put one foot through the doorway and then the other one's still hanging outside hitting the cold right like it just doesn't work this is the problem with this whole situation and again $1,200 isn't really anything it's really not going to help anyone it's not going to do much for anyone because people have already been hurt too much from a lack of money right because of this half in half out strategy that's been being done for Almost a year. 
Luminar founder Austin Russell has become one of the youngest self-made billionaires after his LiDAR company debuted on public markets on Thursday. Russell, 25, was just 17 when he founded Luminar in 2012. Shares of Luminar rose above $30 a share on Friday, a massive 43% gain for the day on top of big gains on Thursday. Luminar has emerged as one of the leading companies in the fast-growing LiDAR industry. Car makers are expected to begin offering LiDAR as an advanced option for their vehicles in the next few years to enable better driver assistance technology. Right now, LiDAR companies are vying to win contracts to supply these sensors. Luminar had a major win in May when it signed a deal with Volvo to supply LiDAR sensors for vehicles starting in 2022. It was one of the first such deals in the industry. More recently, Luminar struck a deal to supply LiDAR sensors to Mobileye, the Intel subsidiary that supplies many of the camera-based driver assistance systems in today's cars. Luminar is supplying sensors for Mobileye's self-driving prototypes, not production vehicles, so it wasn't a huge deal on its own. But if Mobileye winds up building its next-generation technology around Luminar's LiDAR, far from a sure thing, it could lead to a lot of Luminar LiDAR sales in the future. While industry leader Velodyne has traditionally made 360-degree spinning units designed to sit on a vehicle roof, Luminar sensors are fixed in place and cover a 100-degree horizontal field of view in front of a vehicle. Long range is viewed as essential for advanced self-driving systems, and Luminar claims its LiDAR has an industry-leading range of 250 meters. One reason for this is that its lasers operate at an unusual frequency. Most LiDAR sensors operate at around 900 nm, largely because silicon-based lasers and sensors work well around this frequency. However, 900nm lasers are subject to strict power limits because they can damage the human retina. In contrast, Luminar operates at 1550nm. The fluid in the human eye is opaque to light at this wavelength, greatly reducing eye safety concerns. As a result, Luminar can pump a lot more power into its lasers and hence achieve longer range. A major downside to 1550nm lasers, however, is that it requires the use of more exotic semiconductors like indium gallium arsenide that tend to be more expensive. But Luminar says it has figured out how to sell its sensors for less than $1,000 in volume. A big question facing Luminar is whether it can deliver on that goal. When Luminar released financial results ahead of this week's merger, it disclosed that it expected to sell 0.1 thousand, that is, around 100 LiDAR sensors in the 2020 calendar year. To justify its multi-billion dollar valuation, the company is going to have to figure out how to produce tens of thousands of units while hitting that less than $1,000 price target. Luminar went public via a merger with a special purpose acquisition company, or SPAC, a financial vehicle that helps startups bypass some of the complexity and paperwork of a traditional IPO. Instead of offering its shares directly to the public, 
Luminar merged with a company called Gores Metropolis that had previously been created for the purpose of finding a startup to take public. This year has seen a boom in SPAC-based deals, and Luminar rival Valadine went public via a SPAC in September. The company's share price has seen only modest gains since the deal was announced. Another LiDAR maker, Innoviz, is reportedly considering a SPAC merger. A little-known electric vehicle maker, Lordston Motors, went public via a SPAC in October and got an enthusiastic reception from investors. So did another electric vehicle maker, Fisker, yet another EV company, Canoe, announced a SPAC deal in August. Skeptics worry that this alternate process lists companies opt out of due diligence steps that will help protect retail investors from fraud. Those worries were underscored when aspiring hydrogen truck maker Nikola went public via a SPAC merger in June. A few months later, the public learned that the company's first product, a semi-truck called the Nikola One, had never been functional, despite founder Trevor Milton's claims to the contrary. Milton was forced to resign, and Nikola's value is far below the peak it hit shortly after the company went public. Anyone who bought Nikola's stock in the first few days of trading has lost most of their money. Check out FortinBacus.com to master your money. Personal finance lessons and courses. Want to make money online? Learn the four steps to make money online in the description of this episode. Feel free to get a free stock worth up to $500 by joining Robinhood and linking a bank account. Automate your investing with Acorns and get a small amount of free Bitcoin by joining Coinbase and investing $100 into cryptocurrency. And we will see you in future episodes.